Enki, you know me as Aquarius, and this is our age, the Sata Yuga, time to celebrate with us. We have programs on all chakra tantra, love styles and relationship choices, counseling strategies and techniques that you can use at home. We have extraterrestrial radio where we deal with alienology, paranormal people, and we have an experiencers network. We have a section called Ancient Aliens, and the programs therein are Enki Speaks, Nimma, the mother of humanity, has her program, and we revise ancient anthropology. And most important of all, we have Peace Paradigms. Because this is the age of peace, harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more falsehoods or derisions, golden living dreams of visions, mystic crystal revelations, and the mind's true liberation. This is Enki. It is I who 300,000 years ago created your race. And 200,000 years ago, it was a lot of fun. Made it even better with some of the pretty girls. And it is I who saved you from the flood. And it is I and my beloved Nimma and my son Ningashigathoth who are here to help you overcome my runaway son Marduk or Allah. My brother Enlil or Yahweh. And free yourself from all the supposed gods and recognize your own great potential. You have much to teach us. And we, Anunnaki, those of us from Nibiru, welcome full partnership. And here are your hosts, Janet and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Aloha and welcome to Aquarian Radio at AquarianRadio.com. Today is an episode of Enki Speaks. I'm your host, Janet Lesson, with co-host Dr. Sasha Lesson, who is author of Anunnaki, Gods No More, Techno Save God, ETs Who Posed as Gods. And today is January 17th, 2014. And today's title of the show is The Last Satya Yuga, 1,000 Years of Peace After the Deluge. Yeah, and so starting from about a uh, couple of years after the Great Deluge of 11,000 B.C., say from about 10,998 B.C. to 8,970 B.C., about, about a thousand years, all the factions of both the E.T. gods of Sumer, both there was the Enlilites and the uh, Enkiites, both these factions, these ancient gods, and... Um, the earthlings that had survived and were encouraged to multiply in Eurasia, Africa, and South America. All these entities, the uh, Endolite gods, the Enkiite gods, and the surviving um, earthlings, that's us, all cooperated for almost a thousand years to make a livable, stable civilization. Well, they did. We did it before. We can, I think, do it again. Nibiru neared Earth so close in 11,000 B.C. that the ice slid off of Antarctica. 
the ice and the tsunamis it generated and quakes from shifting magma and continents launched the worldwide 120-day deluge here on the Earth. The flood buried under miles-thick mud all the Anunnaki, all that the Anunnaki had built in 432,000 years. Of their settlements, only the stone landing platform at Baalbek in Lebanon survived, the in- survived intact. So Nibiru demanded more gold from Earth. At the perigee, 11,000 B.C., um, there was an Earth flood, and Nibiru's gold shield blew away. The, the same nearing of the of the two planets, Earth and Nibiru, uh, caused these disturbances on both uh, both planets. For Nibiru, it whipped away the gold. For Earth, it uh, caused uh, the Great Deluge. Right. So, 13,000 years ago, Nibiru's perigee ripped away the shield of gold dust around Nibiru. Gold the astronauts had struggled for millennia to rocket back home to their mother planet. Nibiru's atmosphere again dwindled. The mother planet again needed more of Earth's gold. While survivors on Earth rebuilt their lives, word came from Nibiru that the shield of gold dust was torn. Nibiru ordered the expedition to send lots more gold at once. So, for more gold, the expedition needed more earthling miners and a new rocket terminal. But in Africa, mud entered the mines as well as the miners in Sumer. Mud topped the Bad Tabira refinery. Mud smothered the rocket terminal at at the Sipar refinery. And mud covered the rocket, uh, same thing, at Sipar. Yeah, okay. So, it was, was, I, I mean... Huge, thick mud. The riv- where the rivers were has got were gone. Everything was just a mush. Okay, and besides all that, uh, uh, Nibiru is asking uh, for more gold. So it's a lot of uh, pressure. Okay, so here, John, read here. Okay, here you read that part because you okay, I, reversed I, it. I, I yeah. reversed it to ball back. That's in Lebanon. Enlil, the Nibirian commander of the gold mining expedition, summoned all the Nibirians uh, that had been on Earth and who'd got off in time or got high enough to survive the flood. But he signaled them. He said, return to Baalbek and hear my commands. He sent for the royals and to the astronauts in, in the craft that were going around the planet. He called his son Nanar in from the moon, and he called in his nephew, Marduk, that's uh, his rival Enki's son, from Mars. Uh, now, Marduk, uh, son and heir uh, to uh, the commander's rival, he was the son of Enki, Marduk had run the astronaut and transshipment base on Mars before the great flood in this closeness of Nibiru, and he reports, by the passage of Nibiru was Mars devastated, its atmosphere was sucked out, its waters evaporated, a place of dust storms it is, Marduk reported. Well... Enki asked, Enlil asked, uh, what seed survived in Enki's vault? What beasts made it? So Ninigal, Enki's son, who had piloted Noah's submersible ark, which was really a submersible, answered, life essences and leg, life eggs in the four-legged animals from Ziasuja's boat can be combined. Sheep for wool and meat will multiply, cattle for milk and hides will we were all have. Azia Sudra Enki's was the was it was a, was uh, the uh, Sumerian name for Noah. For Noah, right? And Enki's seed bank survived. 
Anlil said that he'd order more GMO seeds from Nibiru. He told Enki's son Demuzi, replenish the planet's livestock. Noah's son Shem will boss earthlings that you need. And dig a water system with our technology. Breed earthlings for labor that feeds itself. Enlil ordered. Now, mud had covered all the stone and minerals that the Sumerians needed for building. Everything was mud. So, uh, and there wasn't enough of this casserite, uh, which Ninurta needed for, uh, so he could refine copper for tin and make bronze. So he, so Ninurta needed casserite, and he couldn't get anything in Sumer. It was just mud. And so uh, Ninurta uh, was all was prospecting. Well, he found natural copper. He also found gold. He found it in the alluvium, the rundown of rivers that run into the east coast of Lake Titicaca in Peru. There were large chunks of pure gold and pure copper. The copper didn't need any refining at all. Well, up there by Titicaca, Ninerja also found the beardless descendants of Cain. Now, these are the Andean Indians, the ones that were there way before the Inca. These uh, descendants of Cain uh, had been up there, and they'd survived the flood on rafts right in the middle of Lake Titicaca. They would mine the me- the metals that Ninurta found up on top of the Andes. And so Ninurta brought his uh, brother, a dad. He brought Sumerian overseers, and he also brought African technicians uh, uh, to help organize these Indians and make a refinery and uh, landing place and ultimately another space fort there. So this began the Neolithic, the age of... Domestication with advanced technology, Ninurta and Enki re-terraformed the mud of Mesopotamia back to a land of rivers, dams, and irrigation systems, and made it all possible. Ninurta, Enki, and lots of of humans with shovels dug away mud, bedded rivers, built canals, dams, and irrigation ditches. And though Enki, Anana, Adad, Ninurta, Utu, and Nanar in Sumer gave us urban societies, kingship, temples, priesthoods, festivals, beer, culinary recipes, arts, music, musical instruments, musical notes, dance, writing, and record-keeping, medicines, textiles, and multicolored apparel. The plants, animals, guidance, and knowledge they gave us let us multiply. We built them magnificent temples and cities. To make cities, they showed us brick-making, taught us to make bronze implements. They let us help them build a new spaceport on the Sinai Peninsula. So, both of these Anunnaki uh, factions, that's what we got. This is where there's cooperation of the the opposed gods and the humans, and that we get this thousand years of peace, this uh, Satyuga, it's sometimes called. The gods, in essence, gave us new crops, new beasts, they gave us kiln technology, they gave us metallurgy, and they gave us cities. The farming the gods taught us in Sumer spread over the entire world from this Near East uh, the mountains there in the highlands were started and spread from there. They gave us wheat and barley. Then they gave us millet, rye, spelt, flax, which we uh, used for fibers as well as edible oil. The uh, 
Gods gave us onions, lentils, beans, cucumbers, cabbage, lettuce, apples, apricots, cherries, pears, olives, figs, almonds, pistachios. Boy, I'm getting hungry. Walnuts. <laughs> they also gave us <laughs> animals. Tame dogs, geese, ducks, sheep, goats, and pigs. Right. So there's no precursors for uh, those animals. Uh, they, these were animals that were developed uh, to give food uh to the humans and uh, by the uh, Anunnaki geneticists, both on Earth, we were working there, but they were also had uh, crews working for them uh, uh, on Nibiru, and they kept sending more and more seeds and developing uh, uh, more effective uh, animal uh, f- um, food-producing factories, uh, which is how they regard those animals. They actually regard us humans as, as kind of robots, some kind of factory, too. But in any case, this is the era of good feeling, better than Monroe's even. Right. The Anunnaki showed us how to weave cloth into uh, fibers to make cloth. That's, they showed us how to make flour. They showed us how to bake bread. We were making porridge and cakes, pastries, biscuits for them. They taught us to use yogurt and make butter, cream, cheese, beer, and wine. From these Anunnaki gods, we got both the horned and hornless cattle, which we use for hides, meat, milk, and wool. Ninurta was the one that introduced the plows. Well, first, us earthlings, we earthlings pulled these plows. But then he showed us how to get the cows to to pull the plows. Uh, So now we have plows. We have Enki's new grains. We have all these new animals. We were able to grow lots of food and grow more and more population. Uh, around the uh, land of of, of the uh, of the Nile, the Anunnaki and, and their foremen helped us uh, make pasture land for herds of cows and goats because we were able they were able to control uh, the flowing of the Nile. So the gods showed us to reinforce bricks, fire them with chopped reeds in a kiln. Then with the bricks we paved our roads. With the strengthened bricks, we could raise high-rises and temples. They gave us kiln furnace technology, and with the kilns, we forged Earth's first durable pottery, cups and bowls and plates and urns, and storage urns. The kilns allowed intense but controllable temperatures to be contained in furnaces without contamination from dust or ashes. The gods showed us how to make paints, pigments, pottery glazes, and artificial lapis lazuli. They had us mass-produce bronze, tools, and weapons. Being via killed metallurgy, the gods led us to coins, then to banking. Sumer had naphtha, asphalts, and bitumens. They seeped above ground all over Mesopotamia. With naphtha, we surfaced roads, waterproofed boats, and buildings. With it, we caulked, cemented, painted, and molded. Sumer itself lacked raw ores to make metals, but we used the naphtha for exchange for ore. The gods had us develop extensive international trade routes. Commander Enlil awarded specific fiefs to the Anunnaki royals. He, uh, he, Enlil, the commander, and his sons and grandchildren ruled Sumer. Inanna, who was Enlil's granddaughter, ruled Ilan in the southeast. Enlil's youngest son, Adad, ruled the Taurus Mountains, Asia Minor, and the northwest. Ninurta, who was Enlil's champion and heir, reigned in the highlands. 
Nanner, uh, as I said, uh, controlled the north. Utu, who was Inanna's uh, male twin, commanded Lebanon's airport. Enlil kept Nippur, which uh, Assumer's center, for himself, and there he stored his computer programs, the so-called Tablets of Destinies, and the command and control center for Earth and off-planet communication was now his place at Nippur. Here's where he had the so-called Bond Heaven Earth, and it was in, had a great big high step pyramid where he kept it. In Nippur, Enlil also had the Earthlings, as Earthlings, build schools of science and scribing. There he had a library with 30,000 inscribed clay tablets. That's Enlil's capital at Nippur. So each god then gets his turf, and he walls his sacred precincts, each with a skyscraping ziggurat or step pyramid. These ziggurats rose in several st uh, steps, usually seven of them, up to 90 meters in height. The ziggurats were built of two kinds of mud, dark sun-dried uh, high-rise for the cores and kill-burned um, uh, bricks for extra strength in, in special places like stairways, exteriors, and overhangings. And these were all bonded together with bitumen. The Anunnaki built a Sinai, Sinai rocket terminal and the Giza power Giza Beacon power plant. So Enlil ordered a new rocket terminal at the Sinai Arabian Peninsula for craft to freight gold to Nibiru. He told Enki and his lineage to build the new terminal, mission control and guidance facilities in a mountain like the Great Pyramid he had, he had built at Giza near the Nile at the 30th parallel. Although the Sinai Peninsula and the Giza Pyramids were supposedly neutral under Nimma, Enki and the Enkiites intended to control the Sinai. Whoever ran the Giza Pyramid and Sinai controlled space activities, the comings and goings of the gods, the vital supply link to and from the Biru. Only Enki, the master engineer and scientist, had the know-how and experience for the massive works. From 10,000 B.C. on, Enki's sons Marduk and Nigashida assisted Enki as well did his, did his descendants Shu, Tefnut, Geb, and Nut. Nut. The secret plans of, great, of the Great Pyramid were in the hands of Nigashida, also known as Thoth or Thoth. Viracocha, who was known as Adad Ishkar, gathered the descendants of Cain, who survived the deluge atop the Andes, and he had them build palaces for him and his overseers. Viracocha readied couples he chose to start an empire that they would rule from Cusco. And this was long before the Incas. Right, so how did they ready couples? Um, I think it's the same thing we find in Cambodia with Pea, uh, that basically uh, they chose... Uh, people and they educated them and educated their kids and uh, made them uh, uh, ready to be an overseer uh, for the gods. Oh, okay, I see. So, so what we've done is we've looked at at, at this uh, millennium of peace after the great flood. That's where we had peace. That's where all the factions were cooperating. They were getting what they wanted done. There was synergy. Well, so we did it twelve thousand nine hundred ninety-eight years ago. If Can we do it again? Yeah, I think if we did it before, we can do it again. So this is the, the role, uh, the model for us on how to do this. So 
we have it in our uh, subconscious somewhere that we can do peace. And uh, we do it uh, because we are meeting the needs of each other and everybody in the system. Well, I think it's like President Reagan uh, said uh, before the United Nations. We are all facing uh, a, a common uh, problem, and obviously the common problem is our extinction. As uh, Nukushima spreads its radiation, and, uh, and who knows, maybe Nibiru or else the Lagrange points at 180 degrees uh, along the orbit from Nibiru, something big is coming through now, and so it is about time to end the uh, the Kali Yuga, the junk times, and uh, enter the um, Satya Yuga, the time of, of great peace, and you know, it, it's kind of interesting if you if you say, "Hey, good times are coming," and so I can I can have a good time now. Uh, and if you're wrong, you know, if we all get blowed up, well, at least you had a good time. But if you're right, you had a good time too. <laughs> right. So have a good time and enjoy life. It's precious. It's short. Uh, hopefully, we're living in the time where our life expectancy will expand. None of us know the day of our personal departure and uh, so hopefully together we can um, move past this uh, Armageddon type uh, catastrophic uh, scenarios doom and gloom and we're all going to die to something more kind and loving and peaceful and so with the cooperation say there was these incoming meteorites we could you know deflect them. Oh it's certainly within the technology of our uh inconspicuous secret government that uh, has been experimenting with mining uh, objects in space or to deflect them or using electromagnetic uh, um, reflections and uh, there's there's many devices and plus uh, they are um, secret military uh, has um, is getting assistance and is cooperating with co-op- with some extraterrestrials that want us to survive. Evidently, there's some others that don't want us to survive that want our real estate. It's quite a complex thing. But in any case, uh, celebrate today. Remember what Julius Caesar said, and, uh, carpe diem. Yes, and, and Dr. Lesson and, and I are working on uh, two more books. We, we have one in the queue ready to launch. It's called Anunnaki Legacy of the Gods. And so this excerpt is actually from the third book in the series of God, Anunnaki Gods No More. What is the, the, the working title of this third book that you're working on, Dr. Lesson? It's called War, Gift of the Gods. War, Gift of the Gods. So you can, words, What the whole point of this book is that we are not intrinsically violent and warlike. We've been trained and imprinted uh, to do so and manipulated to continue doing so uh, by the people that uh, these uh, Anunnaki gods left behind to, to run things. And uh, uh, this information that we are, we are conveying to you will help free us from this matrix which has us continually uh, being violent against each other and disregarding the consciousness of women and uh, the less fortunate. So thank you for joining us today. You can read more about all these uh, shows that we do at EnkiSpeaks.com, which is spelled E-N-K-I-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And of course, we have all these shows archived on AquarianRadio.com. And we want to thank you very much for joining us today. This has been your host, Janet Carol Lesson, and... This is Dr. Sasha Lesson. Aloha, love, and blessings. From Maui, Hawaii. 
Thanks for joining us today on Aquarian Radio. We broadcast daily and our schedule is on AquarianRadio.com. Listen live by calling 646-649-0893 or you can listen live by calling 646-649-0893 or listen to our archives on AquarianRadio.com. Join us again soon and do tell your friends. The age of Aquarius and the paradigm of peace is now. Aloha, this is Enki, you know me, as Aquarius, and this is our age, the Sata Yuga, time to celebrate with us. We have programs on all chakra tantra, love styles and relationship choices, counseling strategies and techniques that you can use at home. We have extraterrestrial radio where we deal with alienology, paranormal people, and we have an experiencers network. We have a section called Ancient Aliens, and the programs therein are Enki Speaks, Nimma, the mother of humanity, has her program, and we revise ancient anthropology. And most important of all, we have Peace Paradigms, because this is the age of peace. Harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding, no more falsehoods or derisions, golden living dreams of visions, mystic crystal revelations, and the mind's true liberation. And this has been another episode here at AquarianRadio.com. AquarianRadio.com. Harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more falsehoods or derisions, golden living dreams of vision. Mystic-